Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Thanks for checking out this feed of my favorite interviews and best guests over the last seven years. Whether it's your first time or you're already in a deep dive, make sure you head to billsimmonsinterviews.theringer.com for the entire archive. You can sort by genre, year, and more to easily navigate all your favorite people. Again, that is billsimmonsinterviews.theringer.com. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. We should mention you're sick and Sersha threw yeah, up at Disney. At Disney on Monday. You're not going to throw up there. The, we've never had anyone throw up on a podcast. Well, this could be our chance. Disney to chicken? Shake what up. was it? No, it was. I, listen, I don't want to give Disney a bad rap. No, we love Disney. Because I've also had Disney. the best day of my life there. Monday was not the best day of my life. Did yeah. you get Disney. the pass where you get to skip the lines? Yeah. 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 Good. Is that good. like a celebrity pass? I didn't have that before. Someone else got it for us. You can just buy you it. You can just buy I it. I think yeah. you can just buy the pass where you like skip the line yeah. and can go to the front. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You used to be able to cut past everything and go like through the back door and yeah. just go straight onto the ride. And you can't do that anymore. Are you getting recognized now? Or was it that already happened? I didn't for you? get recognized that much. I was with someone else who's in a TV show and he got recognized quite a bit. Mm. Um but I there were actually a bunch of girls who came up to me after uh, the ride soaring. Um, oh, does this mean I'll get free Disney tickets? Do you think if I talk Let's about know. Disney? I think you should. <laughs> soaring the anyway. wonderful ride at, at California Adventure Park, <laughs> and um, these girls came up to me and they had seen Lady Bird oh. and mm. loved it so much. And I so, when did you know? Yeah. You've been in a lot of good movies. When did I know? When did you know? When this did was I know? Blow it was, up? Well, because I think you can know that like a film is good and yeah. never know whether it's going to gather steam or what. Because I think it, it is so much down to like the time it comes out and the zeitgeist at the time and like what people need and want from movies. And so it really did come out at exactly the right time. I mean, I think like I was doing a film last summer and autumn while... Greta was doing all of the earlier press and taking the film to festivals and things like that. So I couldn't go to any of those earlier events. But um, I think, you know, the response that we got at Telluride when I heard about that. So you knew. I think I knew then it was going to, people were going to see it. Yeah. Mm. And then it just sort of grew from there. But I mean, I don't think we ever expected that like, the New York Times would say it's a perfect film and think, you know, nobody, nobody would expect that for their movie because it just seems impossible. So yeah. did you, did you write it with her in mind or did you write it and then try to find somebody <laughs> like her? The other day. I know. No, I I didn't. didn't. I know. I, I, Weird. <laughs> but I couldn't have known <laughs> that she would do it because I, I was writing this um, uh, alone. You know, when you're writing something, uh, you're just by yourself. Um, 
it's just you and the and the and the blank page and you're trying to figure out what it is that you're saying and i i i i didn't know that i would show it to anyone let alone that i would get someone like Serge Ronan to be in it actually i was thinking when you said the the girls recognized you i think you're so transformed in the role that mm-hmm. i wonder because you don't look like you, like when I know I know her now as a person and I knew her as a person before and who she became as a role. Yeah, it, it really is a transformation kind of from the inside out. She's she just seems like a different person when she's playing Lady Bird. And even though I didn't write her her character with her in mind when I when I first heard her read the lines, <laughs> I knew right away. I knew without a, a shadow of a doubt it was um one of the most certain things I've ever experienced. As was, I was it fun to cast people? It must have been, right? Yeah, it was the most fun. And it was also, I mean, it's the most fun. It's also, I, I love so many actors that, um, I mean, part of the reason I want to make a lot of films is I want to work with so many different actors. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I got as many as I possibly could who I love and think are great into this movie. But I... I um, what about the Sacramento accent? <laughs> You have, is there a Sacramento accent? Yeah. yeah. What is it? It's um, what, basically what she did in the movie. It's, she, it's what she did in the movie. It's my accent. It's um, it, we worked with a, a a vocal coach and accent coach. Is it like a tiny bit Valley Girl it's, kind of thing, or it's what is no, it? It's slower. It's very slow and lazy and kind of laid back and Can run you do together. It, do it? Can you do it like <laughs> she, right away when you click? Can you do it like do on it. command? <laughs> I, what do you? I don't know. What do you want me to say? Do your Sacramento. Ooh. I mean, it, it, it's that's very, a Sacramento accent. Here, all of a sudden. No, here's the thing about a Sacramento accent is that like I've done a sort of general American accent mm. a lot, yeah. which is just American, just mm. like it sort of generally has the sound of an American person. But this was the first time I had to do that with like specific sounds. So I mm. think one of the words that I found really, really hard to get was perfect. Oh yeah, that's right. And the way Greta says it, and you know, there's a band called Warpaint and they're from, they're from LA, I think, but they, they say that sound, I think in one of their songs. And I was like, that's the way Greta says it too. They say it the same way and it's like perfect. Perfect. perfect, perfect. Yeah. It uh, sounds so strange. It, it was to me just to say such a slight difference between because it, it she say was perfect, saying perfect with an <laughs> eh sound, and it was a it's an it's eh sound, it. perfect, yeah. perfect. And also, I mean, little things like she so she worked with Kate Wilson, who's this great accent uh, vocal coach who mm-hmm. I'd worked with on a play, and she'd worked with on a play because I wanted to be able to sort of set it. Um, and so, I mean, a lot of it is like running words together. Mm. Uh, not a lot of variation of of, of like octave. melody and there's yeah. not a lot of melody. And running, yeah, running things together. Like, and one of my most proud things about the movie, I just in the accent of the performance is she says Sacramento. Don't people don't say Sacramento? They say Sacramento. Yeah, and it's almost like a D. Yeah, yeah, Sacramento. Sacramento. And she said it just right and it makes me so happy when mm-hmm. she says it because I think there's a the, there's a lack of precision with the way I think it's a, nor, a Northern California thing mm. do you did you have to physically think of yourself as a 17 year old because 17 year old girls act a little bit differently physically than like a 23 year old <laughs> not necessarily a 17 year old but I think I just physically had to specifically think of myself as Lady Bird because I think Lady Bird like even though we had the Sacramento accent 
in place. Yeah. She needed to sound different to everyone else and she needed to sort of physically behave <laughs> in a different way and almost be a little bit erratic physically, I think. that that's A little what, irrational confidence. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah. exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Um, and I think there, there were certain parts of her that just needed to be noticeably different to everyone else and that's why people are drawn to her because there's such an affection that her friends and her family and the boys she goes out with and her teachers, there's an affection they have for her. And I think um, that comes from her just being a little off center. Um, And so even with the voice and the way she walked and the way the sort of gesture she used, you know, I kind of wanted them to be quite distinctive to her. And I always find anyway that, that helps when when I've been doing it since atonement. Um, the director of that wanted me to develop a walk, and so ever since then, I've liked coming up with like a specific like walk. Like a little treat, yeah. Yeah, it's just a good way to. I think it's like the voice. It says an awful lot about where the character is going, how much confidence they have in themselves. You know what they want people to say when they walk into a room. You know. Mm. I took my daughter, who's 12 and a half. (laughs) We were at a soccer tournament in San Diego. (laughs) And I was told by multiple people I trust, like, take your daughter. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know. It's right. It was right on the fringe. Yeah. It was a great decision. Yeah. Yeah. She's already seen it twice because we got the screener. It's kind of like one of her movies, which I think I've heard you say. It's like for, I think not just that age range, but then older too. It was kind of like people feel like. This is my movie. This they made this movie. for me. Yeah. Which is a really hard thing to do. And it's kind of a power in its own way. Because people try to do that. Most of the times it doesn't work. Yeah. So you must you must be sensing that these last couple months. Yeah, it means a lot to me. I mean, I, I think um I think that I know what it feels like to sit in a movie theater and and feel like, how did they know? Yeah. How do they? How do they know? And oh, and I'm not alone. And wh- how? How is this possible? And I've felt it about movies that have nothing specifically to do with my life. Um, I remember feeling that when I was sitting in the movie theater and I watched um, the movie, the Wong Kar Wai movie, in the mood for love, and the way that they're this is these neighbors who are both married and they have another relationship and just like the buildup of something that never happens. And I was mm-hmm. like. And it takes place in Hong Kong in the 1960s um, or like late 50s, early 60s. And I was like, that's it. And I don't know why that's it, but how does he know? And mm-hmm. I think that movies in that way have this ability to sort of reach through the screen and and get you in your heart. And it means a lot to me, particularly, um, particularly not just women, though. I mean, I've had a lot of men tell me oh, that's, that's it. And, but I mean, yeah, I, for me though, I think very personally, um, teenage, young teenage girls, teenage girls, um, feeling seen is a big thing for me because I think I was always looking for that. I was always looking for the things that were, um, going to reflect something that felt true to me. There is a losing virginity scene. Yes. That I did almost knock my yes. popcorn over diving to cover <laughs> yes. eyeballs of my but 12 you know, and a half daughter, but it wasn't that bad. It was It's not that there was bad. four seconds where I'm like Oh Uh-oh. god, well, this is going bad. It's very and then it's then it's fine. <laughs> it's and I think that's quick. the whole point, right? It's right. So yeah. quick, it's, it's almost like seconds. it didn't happen. Right. And I also felt maybe like, a good lesson for my daughter. I'm yeah. not. I mean, 
listen, I could change my mind, but I also like really in terms of like movies like about teenagers, this is pretty tame. And I don't really have any interest in like something gritty like that. Like I don't I, I kind of want the movie to protect both the actors and the characters. And I think, um. Yeah, I just, I sort of, and in my mind, I mean, this, maybe I'm kind of like an old woman, but I was like, my friend's grandmother's going to watch this and I just need to make sure she's okay. <laughs> what was your, what was your influential movie, Sersha? What was my Do you Watson? have one? Because I mean, you've been an actor almost your whole life, but did you have that one movie that pulled, kind of pulled you out of the screen and became your movie? When I was younger. Yeah, at any age. Yeah, when I was younger, um, I realized that I watched a lot of movies that were about female friendships. They Mm. were the things that I was drawn to. So things like, um, I mean, I watched a lot of like old, old movies as well with with my mom and dad. But the film, I used to do this thing. I think a lot of kids do. I don't know if your daughter was the same where you would watch the same movie every single night. Like I should fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So I went through a stage where Dirty Dancing was the movie for me. That I I don't know why I was allowed to watch it when I was a child. But um, I used to watch that a lot. Sister Act. I used to watch an awful lot. Um, When I got older, Bridesmaids and things like that. It was always, it always seemed to be about women sort of like helping each girls other. Girls trip like that too. I only, yeah. yeah, girls yeah. trip was like that too. Oh, I love that um, movie. Yeah. And I only realized that recently. Um, And obviously about- there, there's films that I've watched like once off films like, you know, Rebel Without a Cause or something, which I felt totally sane in and, and loved but the films that I watched religiously yeah. were usually films about friendship I think what about Clueless was that one and for Clueless, you Clueless yeah. is the other one I used to watch all the time all you the know time. what's one now Clueless it's the was... version for that of the next generation is Mean Girls Mean Girls I yeah. loved my daughter like I loved Mean Girls for her and her friends <laughs> over and over again well Mean Girls actually came out when I was in college yeah. and I remember it was written by Tina Fey yeah and um, I you know, I was just getting a sense of I, I was writing stuff. I, I kind of I loved performing, but I thought maybe what I, I, I was just starting to come and see the idea of like I could make my own stuff. And I was just I just loved Mean Girls yeah. and I loved that yeah. she wrote it. And, you know, later again, I was an adult, but like with Bridesmaids, like, you know, the, the, the Annie Momolo and Kristen Wiig wrote that together. And, and it was about that. Like those those movies were were big for me, even though I wasn't specifically in the comedy world. Mm. I think I have always th- those were the places where I felt people pushing. Yeah. Um, against against whatever standards there were. But yeah, I mean, I had tons of movies. I mean, my my watching my, my like I watched it a hundred times was actually like pretty in pink. Mm. Well, Love so that's it. my generation is the John Hughes. Yeah. Like Breakfast Club and all and those like. I mean, something I didn't I mean, I, I very much wanted to make this movie where the core emotional relationships were, you know, more about it was definitely her and her mother, but also her and her friend and not make it about whether or not she gets a guy. Mm. But at the same time, those mm-hmm. those it's movies. Important. Me, yeah, they were yeah. still important. And those movies meant a lot to me. And I think not in small part because um, she was so real. She says him like a real girl. And she didn't look p- perfect. She 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 seemed um 
she seemed utterly herself. And that was um, something that was always just really appealing. And, and it's there's something really refreshing about watching Molly just like be miserable. Like there's scenes yeah. where she's just a bit like she's just over it. Yeah. And it's nice to see a young girl on screen who's not sort of like all put together and all smiles and is sort of, yeah. you know, easy on the eye in every way. I mean, like even emotionally. I always yeah. think about that saying in Broad City where the girls are walking down <laughs> the street and you can't see it because you can just hear us, but um, where the guy walks past and he says, why don't you girls smile? And they like flip him the bird and smile at the same time. And, yeah. you know, it's so, and you get that in Clueless as well. And, yeah. and in all these great films where it's about real people, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, and all Clueless the was... highs and lows. That, Clu- that, that's Clueless like, that's was like my one of the number best. one. That's like yeah. one of the best. I, I still think that stands as like one of the best movies. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a high school movie. It's just great. It's great. It's just great. Yeah. And Cher Horowitz is a genuinely amazing <laughs> creation. And her best friend, Dion, were both her named after pop stars of the dinner. 70s. Right. <laughs> My mom was a total Betty. <laughs> yeah. Isn't she a Betty? She Isn't died she Betty? during a routine <laughs> liposuction. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think yours is going to have a rewatchable run on cable. I hope so. I mean, it's very one of those quotable you can already. Into. Oh, it's yeah. 30 minutes in. Oh, yeah, watch 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah. I have a quality, like when I'm editing, I said this to my editor, um, something clicks in for me. And I had this a little bit with movies that I've written that um, Noah Baumbach directed that we wrote together, Francis yeah. Han, Mistress America. Something will click in at a certain point in the editing where I feel like I can sing along with the movie, almost like it's a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it's some imperceptible thing that drops in for me. And as soon as I feel like I can sing along with it, yeah. I... I know it's close, um, but it's a weird thing. It's mm-hmm. like, it, 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 so so people, because people say, because you watch the movie hundreds and hundreds of times, people say, is it, do you get, you know, tired of watching it or do you stop being able to see it? And you do in a way, and that's why it's so important to have people you trust watch it. But at the same time, you never lose the ability to just hear it almost rhythmically like a song and feel that, come like feel that sort of writing so it's like I can listen to David you know Bowie's Ziggy Stardust as many times as I want and know every piece of it but when it kicks in you're like it's still the song like I don't yeah do you know it's it's we something- had Paul Thomas Anderson was here last month <laughs> and was talking about he hits a point when he's making a movie that he can't even see it anymore yeah. it's like this giant thing yeah He's the only one who can see all the puzzles yeah. or the all the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Nobody can help him. Nope. Yeah. They're past a certain point. His movies are longer than yours too. So it's yeah. same phenomenon. But at some point it's just like I can't see this anymore. Yeah. You almost need like that little distance to come back from it. Yeah. It is it's we- hard. It is weird when you feel um like I mean, not now I can sort of say it on the other side, but like at each stage, you know, you're asking people to to come on this ride with you and to bring their art and what they do to it and to trust you that, yeah. <laughs> that you know that you have the whole movie in your head and that you can see, I need this here. I'm, this needs to be shot this way. And I don't know, you know, I mean, I, with this movie, I, I mean, I just had this utter certainty about the movie it wanted to be and how we were going to get there. But there were different points when, you know, you're really the only one who knows that. Yeah. And, um, and, and you kind of have to keep that 
sacred because it but I I have the I have that moment with every stage of it like I have it when I'm writing because it'll feel like a big old mess and then at a certain point it clicks in and it feels like I can all of a sudden um it's like because I know how it's built I feel like if I fix this over there it's not like I have to read it through and realize I have to fix something else because of this change I know instantly it's like I have a sense of the whole the whole the whole time. And it's that, that kind of getting the sense of the whole is part of being a director is like, I know how, I know how this is all functioning as a, as almost like a, a machine. Um, Were you surprised she wasn't in it? No, I wasn't. And Cause I, I deliberately knew nothing about it. And when I saw it, I just assumed you were going to be in it. No. And then you were never in it. And I was like, wow, she's no. not in it. I don't have any oh, desire no. to direct no, myself. I, was gonna <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. I, don't think, I mean, I really admire anyone who's able to do it, but I just think there's such a joy. And especially if you've gotten so used to being in front of the camera mm. to just go, you know what? I'm going to take a step back and watch someone else do it. Oh. So you didn't, you weren't even going to put yourself on one scene as like the cashier. No. No, I, 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 I have, I don't know. It's like two different parts of my brain, yeah, the, the acting sense. part and the directing part. I mean, I just, um, I don't, I, I, and, and I do get such genuine pleasure watching the actors work. It would just undercut my, my enjoyment. <laughs> I mean, selfishly, I enjoy watching them do it. Actually, they just, I've been asked to approve all this, like, uh, all this but behind the scenes footage that they shot and, and so much of the footage it's just me looking like um maniacally happy at the monitor like yeah. looking at something or standing next to the camera and just grinning like an idiot because it's just I love watching people kind of be brave and crazy and figure it out it's yeah. it's my favorite it's like my favorite thing so you you finish this movie yeah. And you're, I mean, how many movies are you making a year? Oh, so you had a crazy year. I had, it was the craziest year that year. I did a, a 20 week run of a play, which was oh, very Jesus. intense. And then Lady Bird and then another film in the UK straight afterwards. So Cause I was how, all like Lady Bird's such a personal movie. How do you go from you're inhabiting this character and it's this emotional experience. And then all of a sense like, all right, here's my next job. It was, it was hard it was hard. It wasn't hard to shift the crucible because I was ready. We had, you know, I think we had, we had done that and we were all ready to, to move on to the next thing. And it was actually quite nice to go from something that was so dark um, to something that had so much sort of joy and love in it. So that was yeah. fantastic. But it, it was, you know, tricky because there was like a week where we were still uh, shooting Ladybird, yeah. and then I had to go and rehearse the next thing and I just realized someone said it to me recently that they're the same they're they're monogamous when it comes to work and they can't think about anything else and I think I'm the same like some people are most people are really I think they have to be really really great at just kind of going from one thing to the next but I'm just really not good at it yeah um so it was a good it was a good lesson in that way that I need like time in between jobs. But um, I think I only started to properly grieve for Lady Bird like once 
the next film was done and then mm, I had like six mm. months off and it, I remember it was like it was all I could think about mm. was that job and you know going through the whole motions of missing everyone and missing her and then also thinking oh god could I have done better and chip maybe I should have done this scene this way and you know you go through all of that but it was like a delayed it was a delayed reaction mm. um what kind of career do you want to have Who's your role model? I want to have a career where I can also have a life and I can also do other things. And, you know, I think the great thing about film is that you can really um, inhabit a character and, and learn the skills that they have which can be great. So yeah. you'll get to sort of pick up all these skills on the way, which can give you a taste for for doing something, whether it's learning a language or learning how to properly horse ride or, you know, something like that. Um, But I think what the year before last taught me is that where I'm at right now, if I can have like months and months and months to prepare for one job and put all my energy into that, almost like you are producing it in a way, that's what I would want to do. Because I, I loved the mindset that, I was in when I was a child and I think you can still have it when you're older as well where everything is just about that one film mm. and you're not thinking about you know meetings or mm. other jobs Grabbing that you've signed thing. up yeah. to a year in advance or whatever but just putting all of your energy into one thing so if I can if I can do that I think I'll be happy is yeah. she the most normal former child actor Ever? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's that's down like to five? that's down to her parents and her mom. I mean, like her mom is like one of the best people I've ever met, and like it, and also you didn't you weren't she was in movies, but she wasn't like a movie star kid. Like she no. lived in Ireland. Right. She wasn't on a Nickelodeon show. No, no yeah. it wasn't like it was. It was like a thing she did, but it wasn't who she was. Right. And I think that that's, I mean, I think to me, that's the thing. Like it never merged with her identity in a way that was going to like come back. I mean, and that's what you always hope for anyone is that like you take great pleasure and pride in what you do, but it's not the thing that gives you value as a person. I mean, I think whether you're a child actor or not, that's Mm. something that, you know, is always a sign of sanity when you're like, that's a part of what I do. That's what I do, but it's not who I am. And, um, but yeah, she's, um, she's also just, I mean, close your ears, but yeah, don't listen. Um, no, she's just like, I mean, I knew it while we were making it, but also like in retrospect, I mean, she, she's not only one of the most gifted actors, she's she's utterly supportive of everyone, not just the other actors, but the crew. Um, like she's the crew's favorite person. Oh. She almost approaches it like a crew member. Like she's just down and totally... Um, you know, the hardest working person. Like it, it, there's no, there's no airs. And she sets the tone for everyone because she was in every single scene and she was working so hard and she was already coming off of this play. And I think everybody just rose to her spirit that she I'm had. I'm 25% Irish, so I'm 25% super proud right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. you should I'm be. super proud of you. <laughs> I'm a quarter proud right now. <laughs> your, eye, your eyes are Irish. Is that, your is sparkly that what eyes. That's what it is. Yeah. That's, That's why right your right eyes on. are so lovely. I, think yeah. that, I thought they came from the Italian side, though. I the Italians don't have blue eyes. My grandfather had blue eyes. That's the where the eyes came from. He was probably Irish, too, and you didn't realize. Tell me about SNL. 
Oh, okay. Because um, that's every good actor uh, loves hosting SNL more than anything on the planet. Yeah, but they're also equally terrified right. to do it because you're you're. Well, we both did it. Greta came on and, uh, I, and I she didn't did really it. Do it. She did. No, you're we, co- we co-hosted. We co-hosted together. Um, I, I did watch. I was in the audience, so when it happened, it was she, incredible. It yeah. was amazing. Was I, amazing I, it. it was a, it was a total dream come true for me. Like honestly, out of anything that's ever happened probably even like nominations and all that sort of stuff nothing <laughs> has made my heart explode more than getting to house SNL and it you was even a total understood dream. the magnitude not even I did under- oh, I understood it she's yeah. a comedy yeah. nerd I, I love anything else like comedy is my favorite favorite thing and so mm. um I didn't grow up watching it only because it didn't air in Ireland right. but I'd watch it when I was in the States and so there's like so many sketches that you can watch online and I'd watch like older episodes of SNL and things like that and I just really I love comedians I love comedians and I watched a documentary recently which I think you told me about before I watched it called Dying Laughing oh yeah have you heard yeah. of that one yeah. and I can't I think it was uh, Chris Rock who said that he sees stand up comedians as the, the modern day philosophers because they yeah. say all the things that nobody else has the guts to say right and um and so I just really admire them and what they do and uh and I love the cast that they have right now and but again this is the great thing about doing film or tv or something like that like the crews are wonderful and like I loved working with all the comedians on it but I equally loved working with like the stage hands the guys who were doing the cue cards like the camera team Lauren like the whole the the writers the producers it's just a great team it's and a well-oiled machine it's a well-oiled machine and they work so hard yeah. so it was incredible to do it this episode is brought to you by anytime fitness we're not all professional athletes but we all have health goals that's why anytime fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach plus you can track your training nutrition and recovery progress with the anytime fitness app just like the pros With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So with Lady Bird, obviously there's some Oscar potential mm. and you guys were just at the Golden Globes, yes. which was pretty weird. It was like so a, you guys win the thing and it was, there's so many other storylines going on. And meanwhile, yeah. this is yeah. like one of the great, achievements yeah. to win what, what was that night like 
I mean, I was, I, I mean, you know, it was, it was thrilling to be there. Um, I, at when we got the nominations, it was mm, sort of like, oh wow. my God. And that came in early December. And that yeah. was like, right when I was like, oh, this movie's working. And then this, and, mm, um, mm. and it was just, I mean, it was, it, it was amazing. It was amazing to be there. And then to see Oprah. And then to see Oprah. <laughs> oh my God. Speech was unbelievable. Oprah's speech was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. And, um, I was actually backstage because I was ready. I was coming out to present, which my friends later told me. <laughs> my girlfriends were like, yo, you looked real scared when you were reading that teleprompter. And they said they, they had, they sent me a video of all of them being like, get through it. Get through it. It doesn't make sense. But you're saying all the words. <laughs> And I was like, teleprompters are terrifying. Anyway, it was it was amazing. And then, I mean, when Sersh won, I screamed so loud. And then, and then, you know, she got up there. It was beautiful. But then I sort of had this feeling of like, we won our thing. Yeah. Like yeah. I kind of was like, and that was amazing. And she won her thing. But in my mind, I was like, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they and then five name, minutes later, five minutes later, I was like, wait, what? It was just, I mean, it, it for whatever reason, you winning made me think like, what a great night. It's yeah. over. Well, that's because I mean, if 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 Lady Bird wins, I think it's for the whole film. Yeah. Like it's for yeah. you and it's for everyone. It's for everyone. I yeah. mean, it was just, it was also because everyone, especially with indies, you know, you put so much you put so much into it and everybody who works on it puts so much like so much time and energy and heart and soul and 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 that the film is rewarded it's really for every single person who worked on it like i i it it, it made my heart explode for all of them i was just so proud Part of the narrative has become it's become such an important film because of just where we are and all the stuff that's mm, yeah. happening right yeah. now but I yeah. still feel like you would have made this movie in any year, right? Yeah. It I mean, almost I seems like you talked about this. being the zeitgeist. Yeah. That was. I think it was just not Obviously just kind of happened. Yeah. But you could have made this movie 10 years ago, <laughs> 10 years from now. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I When I was writing it again, like, you know, it's just how it worked out. Like when I, I was writing it, it just the way things fell. And then when I met Sersha, and we read the script and then she was, you know, she had this play to do and Brooklyn was opening. And and so we basically had a year before we started shooting. So just the way yeah. the timing worked out, I mean, it was it was all very fortuitous, but it was not I, I didn't plan it this way. It just yeah. happened to work out this way. But I feel um, I just feel so. I mean, personally, just the the idea that this will enable me to continue to make movies and to figure out how to not just make my own movies, but figure out how to make other people's movies and Did get you feel into like this was production. Like, because yeah. it's so hard for female directors, like this yeah. was your one chance? Um, you know, to be totally honest, yeah. I, I, did, I did feel like... If you screw this up, you're not getting another opportunity. You know, I've... St- <laughs> I talked this through with um, a, a few people and I kind of had this tear. I was like, it's gotta be good. Otherwise we, I can't, I mean, I don't, I didn't think like it would be like this, but I was like, it's gotta be good. Otherwise I'm not going to get another crack at it. Right. Um, That's kind of crazy. But you know, the thing that I actually did come to while I was going through it is I was like, you know, I had someone, a friend say to me like, well, what happens if it's not good? And I said, well, 
it'll be a lot harder to make the next one. Mm. And she said, well, then what are you going to do then? And I said, well, I'd just make the next one for no money. And she was like, all right. And then what happens? And I was like, hopefully people like it. And she's like, and what if they don't? I was like, well, then I'll just make the next one. Yeah. Like you kind of have to be like, it's, it's, it's like, you know, I had this feeling of like, this has got to work. And then I also had this feeling of, but if it doesn't, you have to be okay with fa- You have to be okay with both realities. And I just got to the point where I was like, I'd rather try and fail than never have tried at all. Um, and also I think at that point I was just so sure that I was ready to be a director. I was like, even if this is a complete belly flop, I'll make the next one. I'll scrounge up some amount of money. I'll figure out how to do it really small. Like I just, I just at that point was like, I don't think anything's going to stop, slow me down. Yeah. So it was, it was both. It was like, I need, I need this to work. And also, even if it doesn't, I'm going to keep going. What do you see happening with Hollywood this year? What, how do you see the next 12 months playing out? I think women are going to get a lot more meetings with studios than they did I before. Mean, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think suddenly everybody's like, where's the yeah, lady director? Can we get more yeah. ladies in for <laughs> the weekly meetings? Thanks. I know. Yeah, I think that's what's going to start to happen. We're not going to see the difference in the work for another oh, yeah. couple of years. couple yeah. of years at yeah. least, you know, because things are going to need to go into development. Women are going to obviously um, be working hard to um, have something to go in with, and which they do already. And I think they'll just be given more of a chance. Um, I think, I think so. things that would have automatically <clears throat> gone to guys, yeah. like... Things where they'll you, rethink that. They'll rethink yeah. it. They'll be like, "Well, wait, can we get? Is there a woman who had a short film at Sundance who maybe could take the helm? Mm. Like, you know, just movies that, um, and you know, they don't tend to yeah. get to direct. And you know what it is as well. It's you know, it also needs to get to a point not where it's it's sort of like, oh, let's get a female director because she's a woman because you know we need to have the token female director. Right. Yeah. It they just need to open up the floodgates so that everyone has a chance mm. to show. There's what probably going to be do. more female producers. Yeah, I hope who so. will be looking. A little more outside the well, box there's, for there's things. Well, there's friends of mine who have worked with other studios and they've gone to work with some of the newer <laughs> distributors um, yeah. and they are they are high up and they're sort of like at the helm of it all. And that's been great too. And that's only happened for them in the last couple of years. So you can, I can see it shifting with people I know even. Yeah. I think for actors, giving actors a chance to direct a movie. Yeah. And yeah. I, by actors, I mean well, male or female. Yeah. In the old days, it was always... Right. Well, this, and now this is like the, now I yeah, this like is you the other thing is that I've found um, that actors, especially actresses, female actors have gotten to the point where they're so sick of having to wait for the right role to come along yep. that they're just starting up their own production companies. Yeah. They're getting producers together. They know they're writing their own material. They're developing their own stuff. They're using their own contacts and they're making their own stuff. So there's a lot more actors that are becoming more hands on because I think people, men and women are getting to a point where they're sort of like, I don't, not that it's always necessarily like this, but it's very easy to sort of feel like you're just a puppet. Yeah. Um, and people don't quite get you or they don't know where to put you or something. So I think that actors are starting to form more alliances now and make their own stuff too. I think that's true. I was was really worried. I mean, obviously I'm older than you guys, but Mm. I felt like things were moving toward TV the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that movies were becoming less and less interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, and I didn't know whether it was because we'd beaten too many of the ideas mm-hmm. in the ground or whether TV mm-hmm. was more fun to explore for eight episodes versus an hour and a half. Yeah. And I feel like 2017, I thought was a great movie year. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I, I actually like just going in and out of the world of a movie for an hour 40 more mm-hmm. than committing to like this 11 episode TV show. I've right. swung the other yeah. way. Yeah. And like Lady Bird, like being able to see that on a Saturday, I intentionally didn't know anything. Mm. I'm with my daughter. We go in. Mm. I'm hoping it's good. And it was awesome. And we laughed. And she was like, oh my God, let's. She was like, when is that again? Should we see it tomorrow? I'm like, no, we're going to give it a couple. But it was, I, I still think there's a place. Yeah. I still think movies are going to yeah. resonate more than TV, well, as, as great as TV is. I think, I mean, I, I, I think. I, I mean, it's like a longer discussion in terms of like, what, what, I mean, I think there's a, there's such great work being done on television in, in all forms, like like whether it's, you know, miniseries or episodic television or the, the, like, the seven episode ones. It seems like that's yeah. going to be like the big little eyes. I thought was great. Yeah. yeah. And also just that <laughs> sort of busting the form open yes. in terms of what it can be. And I do think what I will say is I think there have been, you know, people in television, especially in like this HBO Showtime, Netflix, Amazon spaces that took risks on creators who, you know, were outside of what we think of as a, you know, a a typical creator. And because of that, it's been really like vibrant and exciting. I think for me, I, I, um, I love television and, but people always ask me, Oh, would you write television? Would you make a television show? And I totally would because I think it's amazing, but I think it's totally separate discipline. It's a different muscle. It's yeah. a different muscle. And I think it's not that I can't develop that discipline, but I feel like I've spent, you know, over 10 years now working in movies and over 10 years trying to get my wrap my head around this form and the way this form works. And I I feel like I've got a, a sense of it. And um, I but like, heard, so like Lady Bird could have been a Netflix series, right? It could have been eight episodes. It wouldn't have been as good. Well, it wouldn't you have, could have strung it out and right made it happen, but it would have, it just wouldn't have been the same. I don't well, think. it's just not my form. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like, it's just not it, my form is this. So I think in terms of movies, I think in ter- terms of closing a narrative arc and, um, and and I, one of my very favorite people who's a television writer is um, and a good friend of mine, Liz Merriweather, and she made New Girl yeah. and she's making a new show. We had worked on writing something together and I, and her, our brains are, are quite different when we look at narrative issues. Right. Um, she's thinking like. She's thinking of always how long, to leave something open. Away. Yeah. And I'm always thinking of how to close it. Hmm. And it's just a different, mm. it's not that, I mean, it's not that I could never get there. It's just, I think sometimes there's, particularly with um, movie people, sometimes I think there can be this sense of like, it's just a long movie. It's not yeah. just a long movie. It's its own form. I mean, my most shocking moment with the movie was when it ended. Yeah. I'm so used to movies being 15 minutes too long. I know. And yours just ended. I'm mm. like, oh, we get out. I'm looking at my daughter. I'm like, <laughs> It's over? What happened? I thought she was getting to college. I thought we'd had another half no, hour. No. And then that was it. Yeah. No. Um, I, I like I like that feeling of like You left me wanting more. Yeah. Like uh, you and know then I was like, Am I ever are we ever gonna see Lady Bird again? What happens? Is Scott, there gonna be a sequel? Scott Rudin, who's one of the producers and he also produces plays, he yeah. said something to me 
Um, not about this movie, but he said the best review you can get for a play is the runtime in the review. This <laughs> is <laughs> uh, 90 minutes of sheer adrenaline. <laughs> right. and like, and I, I, but I, you know, I didn't, I didn't plan it that way. I did know this was another thing that was useful for me is because of the movies I'd written with Noah. I knew that my, the pacing of my movies is faster than the page count. And, um, you know, our script was about 120 pages and I knew I would use almost all of it and it would go faster than everybody thought because there was this feeling of like, is it too long? And I was like, not the way I'm going to. It was actually a distinctive style. Like I, I I noticed it and I'm not like, I love movies, but I'm not like a super film nerd where I'm like, Oh, I love the jump cut. But yeah, it was, it definitely had a pace Mm -hmm. that seemed intentional and it's it's the way I don't know. I remember reading like Howard Hawks when he was shooting his Girl Friday. That script was like really long, and they yeah. were like, "You're never gonna get through all this." And he was like, "They're gonna say it so fast." <laughs> and then so so it's like it was like a 200 page script, and they wow. got through it so fast. Are you guys sports fans or no? I'm baseball. So you know Sacramento's never won anything. I- <laughs> The, yes. Kings, the, the Kings, Kings the Kings should have won the 2002 the title. Uh, that was By my, way, that was my senior year. That was my senior year of yeah. high school when um, to the, the spring of 2002. And it was a heartbreaker. Yeah. It, it was, was the worst thing that ever happened to Sacramento. And was everybody, that everybody put up in their window, the Kings like emblem. Everyone was cheering for everybody. They stole purple the NBA every title day. away from the Kings. The oh, refs no. and the Lakers oh. won the series. How did they steal it from them? It was the, the most, it was it the was worst tragic. officiated game six. Oh, My point yeah. is, if you win, <laughs> if you win one of these Oscars, this would Sacramento's off. This would be the payback oh, for the oh, last two I mean, I, I think they, I, my brother sent me a text of there. There's a billboard up in Sacramento that has um, congratulations to Lady Bird. Oh. Hashtag Sacramento Pride. It's been a lot of losing. <laughs> it's been a lot of losing there. Um, no, we're coming back. Also, the Kings got a new arena now. New arena. And new they're owners. like, I, yeah. I think they're really, I think they're going to turn it around. I think the Kings are going to be, <laughs> they're going to surprise everything. Everyone. There was this weird story about how Northern California is is trying to secede and become the fifty first state that I read uh, yesterday. Southern California. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like Sacramento it is and so... Fresno and, and, Chico and Chico and all these different places are trying to split. And they're like, yeah, no, I mean, so it's, keep an eye on that. Who it knows? is it is a very different because like when I I feel like when people think of California, they're like, oh, you must have gone to LA all the time. And it's like. I literally never went to LA. It's an eight-hour no drive. Yeah. So, it's also Sacramento is so different today. So here. different. Yeah. Like, I mean, how really is, feels is like a Ireland state. bigger than LA? I don't even. Ireland's bigger than LA, but I think it's about the same size as Maine. You can fit about yeah. eight Irelands into Texas. Eight right. Irelands yeah. into Texas. Yeah. Wow. Oh. I still want to go. I have to go see. Twenty five percent of my body is always yeah right now. yeah. I gotta go see the home end. Quarter of you, um, Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Good luck with the uh, good luck with the thank award you. season. <laughs> this was fun. I um, hope you both feel better. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll switch ailments. Hopefully, <laughs> we survive I'll be through all the What's the Ladybird DVD? Um, March. Yeah. I think it's March. Oh, it's coming out March. Extra stuff on it? End of March. There's uh, some extra stuff. Yeah. Her, her drinking with the crew. 
any of that yeah, stuff? Just her, like, yeah. just her like cracking <laughs> up in a beer. <laughs> just being like, tell me about your blight truck. We, we had a few nights like that. <laughs> we did. We actually we did. did. We I'd did. find Greta like by the grip truck at the end well, of the, the day. Grip, the grip truck that they had. Their little backpack grips, and our beer. They had, they had, they had a party they bus. They had a party bus. They had all these light, lights rigged up yeah. that would switch colors. They'd like synchronize to the music. They'd synchronize oh, to the music. Like, they had like a yeah, full... A full mini fridge of beers. Yeah. And it was honestly like after a long day of shooting, especially like on a Friday, it would be like, get yourself an apple box and sit by the grip truck. <laughs> and I was always just by the You were the truck. first one there. I was like, I'm done for the week. I gotta wow. I gotta sit. I remember one one time you did take over the music and you were like Because they kept playing they kept trying techno. to be cool. Yeah. Like indie techno. Yeah. And you were like I can't do how you see. You By the way, it, they, but you were I, like, play Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> Just give the people what they want. I forgot that Dave, Dave Matthews. I'm not yeah. sure which generation belongs in. Yeah. Because I was like early mid 20s then when that yeah. first album. And I kind of felt like that was mine. But I think for your yeah. generation, you kind of claimed it. And I don't know. I don't know yeah. who gets it. Who it we, I don't to. know who it belongs to. I mean, I it, I remember I first heard it when I was younger than Lady Bird. But yeah. in this way of like people still got music from the radio. So like hits from the nineties right. were still playing in the early two thousands. Like it wasn't, it wasn't it was almost like a little n- n- tweak of nostalgia. Yeah. And also things fade much faster now than they faded then. I like agree. if you turn on the alternative station in Sacramento, they still had like Dave and um, Dave towed to the wet sprocket. They had like, Dave. Fir- Dave first name, Dave, Dave. first right, name, basis to name. DMB. Okay. okay. We gotta go. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 